Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Hello, everyone. All right, well, we're just going to dive into it here today. The problem is your heart. Yeah. And let me explain what I mean by that. We're talking about the church and church attendance, church uh, attention spans, um, all Going things. Going to church, being a part of church, all, all things, things around church. All things church. Got a couple of articles here that we're going to go over that are absolutely incredible and we're going to talk about. First, I want to uh, get a few things out of the way. This one is going to sting, I think, for a lot of people, but this is a podcast that's needed to happen for a while. Alan Parr kind of alluded something to this as he's um, been feeling this way as well. And honestly, I believe that this is kind of, and I've actually seen um, this this attitude kind of come up in a couple other teachers. Um, and and uh, I think it's the Lord. I think he's definitely shifting um, a lot of, of good, solid Bible teachers to get frustrated um, and to um, speak boldly, speak loudly, and to kind of shake people up a little bit and to get people's attention again, um, because it's um, it's you know we're we're falling off here uh, very quickly. Did you know? I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable. These numbers of the decline of church membership since the 1930s. U.S. church membership was 73% in 1937. It stayed that way through nearly uh, up until the two, close to the 2000s. It stayed near 70%. Before declining to 61 in 2010 and then to 47% in 2020. Well, again, it's like the frequency and intensity of that decline is just insane. So in that amount of time, you fell off from 73% to 47%. Yeah, it wasn't this like gradual little trickle here and there. No. It literally it, was mean, that, consistent, it, consistent, it, consistent. Broop, it down. fell down the Grand Canyon. Like, Could you imagine what it is like if we had an accurate count today? No. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, and, and that's there's many reasons for that. I think, um, you know, I, I think the reason the decline started to turn is, is a, a lot of the reason is, um, you know, there was a lot of just this cheap, seeker-sensitive gospel that started coming out. And then people realize it doesn't take people very long to understand, hey, this, this whole thing isn't working for me. You know, like things are getting better. Jesus isn't working for me. Like, you know, you, you kind of said, like, I'm, you know, I'm still going through the storm. The boat hadn't stopped rocking yet. So Jesus clearly isn't for me. And we've clearly, um, you know, completely gone off because of, of that seeker-sensitive movement. Um, I, I, but that's just one reason it's not, I mean, there's many, I mean, you know, there's the, the prosperity gospel. We also saw a huge rise in that. And I mean, anybody that has common sense, anybody that is a thinking person sees that for what it really is, even if you're not a Christian, 
um, that certainly turns a lot of people off from wanting anything to do with church because they automatically assume everybody with Benny Hinn or, um, you know, whoever. So there's many different reasons for it, but and, and, and I'm not and, saying we don't disagree because no, some of I, those things, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't be a part of yeah, it. Like, I, I, I get put, where the church damaged people, sure. you know. Sure. So, I mean, um, I think the mass exodus in, in church, you know, little percentage of that, I think, was um, because of these things, which, you know, um, is unfortunate. But just the the idea of, of this decreasing just shows... Um, you know, the, the heart really of the issue, um, coming from somebody who has, has a church and largely online and the online presence is where the main church is, which is uncharted waters. Now in, in, in the times that we're living in this online church, this is something that's fairly new this is something that we're all trying to get rolling and going and trying to make right but in in having that in in realizing that you know yeah there there's a lot of reasons why people become you know just kind of cold and turned off to church and to involvement in church all right, back everybody. Sorry, we uh, we got uh, interrupted there. But continuing on on the point of church attendance and, and, and people having their reasons for being um, cold and turned off to church and that type of thing, um, kind of going off on a, a different direction real quick here. Did you know that the average person's attention span is 12 seconds? We're literally goldfish now. 12 seconds. Isn't that incredible? Well, I've noticed that. I mean, with our kids, I try to get our kids to want to watch some of those like uh, old cute cartoons when, um, you know, like Brother Bear and Franklin and things like that. And even, I mean, our three-year-old, she, I lose her. Like it, and it's so funny because you watch like those cartoons. Microsoft says eight. I, I believe, I mean, anywhere eight to 12. I mean, honestly, I think that's being generous. I don't know if even eight to 12 seconds is, you know, what most of us are. Because again, with those cartoons, like they're not as bright, they're not as quick moving, like the screen doesn't change every couple seconds. And it's funny how like our kids, they can't watch it. They're like, okay, that's fine. Like it was a cute story, but like, I'm not interested to watch this. Yeah. And, and that's mean, where that is. It's because that attention span, like it, it can't keep them. It's not moving quick enough. The no, screen it's not. isn't and pulsing quick enough, you know, to that's, keep them. That, <clears throat> that's the same way with, with church. Yeah. I mean, people just, they, they don't have that, that ability to, to realize that, hey, you know, that, that same 12-second block there is, is affecting your understanding and your ability to interact with church. Because look at how some of these big name, you know, heretics, like you look at, you know, Stephen Furtick and stuff like that. It's, it's showy, it's bright, he's moving, you know, all of these things. Right, to he's keep keeping, that. he's Dude, trying boom, to keep boom, you boom, entertained, boom. right. Yeah, but then you look at, you pull up like Andy Woods, just He'll as put a, you to sleep. oh my gosh, you fall asleep. Right. 
now you're getting more information. It's sound. It's you know all of the other stuff, but eh, that but doesn't it doesn't matter. have all the pretty lights and the exactly. The, and the... you're not keeping that beat, that momentum that's keeping me, you know, from losing because again, I have at most eight to twelve seconds of attention. And if if you're not doing something to grab that, then I'm gone. You know, which is not okay for the church. This is this is not something that's acceptable. And like I said, in having a church and in, in, in actually dealing with this um, myself, you see this. And you constantly hear the same things over and over. So there is a couple of pastors here, one that is out of Maryland and one that's out of Fort Worth, Texas that have a couple write-ups on this that were absolutely incredible. The one here that I'm going to start off with is is very personal to um, this guy's ministry. This this pastor's name is Brian Moss, and we're going to link the article um, for you below. Um, Yeah, I came across this article that that he had written back in, um, it was published in May, um, but I think he wrote it uh, a little bit before then but anyway it's called the church isn't meeting my needs and i in in coming across this article i was like there is no way that i can i have to uh share this because this is an incredible job i do not know this guy um but um it's a it's a wonderful article so he he breaks it down to points here and he, he begins on saying Uh, that over the years that he has watched many people come into the church uh, excited only to be MIA within a few short years. He says, it's one of the saddest parts of being a pastor. Nothing breaks my heart more than to see people slip away from the body of Christ and drift back into a, a lifestyle of spiritual complacency and apathy. It has been often stated that the number one reason people leave the church is due to a feeling that the church failed to meet their needs. In other words, there was some expectation that they had for the church that was not met. In conducting dozens of impromptu exit interviews over the last 20 years, I found that many of these came as a result of misplaced expectations. In other words, they expected something from the church that the church never promised. I can think of five unrealistic expectations people have of the church off the top of my head. Here is my unscientific list. And again, this is uh, Pastor Brian's list. This is not mine, um, but uh, this is absolutely incredible. So point one here that he has, point one of five unrealistic expectations people have. One, a church is a place to gather weekly for worship. But it's up to me whether I will experience the presence of God. He goes on to explain point one. Preferences surrounding music is a frequent source of discontent for unhappy members. One of the biggest misconceptions people have is to mistake music for worship. Music is not worship. The emphasis mine. Organs, pianos, keyboards, drums, choirs, guitars, orchestras, lights, smoke, speakers, hymnals, screens, projectors, and soundboards are not instruments of worship. Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) They are not instruments of worship. They are accessories for music. Worship is not singing. 
Worship is surrendering. If you attend a large group gathering of Christians committed to honoring Jesus and walk away without having worshiped, the fault is yours, not theirs. Don't blame the music. Blame the mirror. The mirror. You go back up too, because this goes even, you know, beyond, uh, I mean, that what he says right here, if you attend a large group gathering of Christians committed to honoring Jesus and walk away without having worshiped, the fault is yours, not theirs. It is your heart. It's a heart problem. He goes on to point two, a church is a, uh, or a uh, un realistic expectation number two a church is a family i can belong to but it's up to me to develop friendships okay and he goes on so many people join our churches but never invest in relationships they simply attend services they treat the church like a fast food restaurant get my food and get out quickly with as little interaction as possible but sooner or later, life happens, and when their world starts coming apart, they have no relational safety net. They suddenly expect the pastor to be there for him like he's a spiritual genie. Just rub the lamp and poof, there he is. But that's not the biblical calling of pastors. According to Ephesians 4.12, pastors are called to equip the members to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God designed the church to be a community of connected Christians, not a collection of customers waiting to be served. We tell our people, if you join this church but never develop any friendships here, we promise we will let you down. It's just a matter of time. Disconnected people eventually disconnect. That's brilliant. And again, he's speaking of his own personal church there. And he's, <clears throat> I believe that, that he is out of um, the, the church he's speaking of in this article that he's out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, it's Pastor Brian Moss again. But um, what he says right there, um, you know, uh, there's disconnected people eventually disconnect. I mean, that's, that, that couldn't, that's so true. And, and again, and the point of this isn't to, to go toward anyone in particular. It's for all of us to hold the mirror before ourselves as we listen to these points and go, hey, has this been me? Is this me? Right. 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 Because uh, referencing Alan Parr's video again, um, well, it was actually, it was a different, it was a separate video. The separate video when he says uh, he did a, his own list of reasons why not getting anything out of church. And he put, but you know what he did is he put the mirror to himself and he went, you know what? I'm the problem. I am the problem. And most of the time it is us. It is you and I, that is the problem. If we didn't get anything out of it, it's, it's most likely our fault. Especially if you have somebody up there that's teaching out of 
the Bible. Well, that's what I was going to say. We're not talking about <laughs> churches that aren't doctrinally sound. Yeah. So we're right. talking about your pastor is solid. The doctrine is solid. You are in scripture verse by verse going through. You know what I mean? Like we're saying all of those things are solid. If you're not getting anything out of church because they only do topical studies, they spend, you know, an hour and a half on music and 15 minutes on a quote unquote sermon. Um, you're, you're listening to stories, not scripture. You know what I mean? Like if, we, if you've already gone through all of those things and you are in a solid church, then let's take these five points as a great starting base to hold that mirror up in front of ourselves and say, hey, is this me? But we have to remember that church is not a place that we go to get served. I don't go there to, oh man, that, you know, that church just doesn't have it for me. You know, they don't feed me well. Well, that, that point is going to come up here in another article, too, because it's, it, it all circles back to the same thing. The problem most of the time is not with the church. And from an, an online sense, most people say, well, it's online, so it's so hard to do church online. No, no, no. Your heart is still the same. The Holy Spirit in dwelling in believers, and, and it, it, it's possible for them to come together in an online forum and worship and grow it's it's absolutely possible and with technology and the ability to do so there's no reason that we shouldn't use it it shouldn't be a, our primary goal uh, in our prime we should never lose the the body the local body of believers and meeting and gathering together but a lot of the times these local bodies are online. They put their stuff online. And I, if you're a church and you don't have your stuff out online, I don't know what's wrong with you because this is a perfect tool to connect with people. And you can and you realize that there is people out there that aren't able to physically make it to churches for whatever reason. And so you can serve those people in that way as well. So not only do you have a physical church and congregation, but you're serving people that you didn't even know. And these people consider themselves family. A lot of times they'll even get involved with other people in the church. So it's, it's something that's possible. But the problem is, is you come in and you expect something from it. You expect to get something out of it. And it's like, is your pastor teaching out of the Bible? Okay, then you're, you know, and, and, and he's solid and sound. Okay, then the problem is with you. It's, it's not about coming and about how you need to feel and what you need to hear. You don't need to go to church every single week and, man, I just, you know, I need a zinger today. I need something to get me through my week. No, that's, tr that's treating it. That's not what church is for. That, that is not how we come and we worship the Lord. This like makes me point back to the Jews in the way that the Jews attended synagogue, the way they went to the temple. They had a whole pro, you know, it, it's none of it. They made it about them with their legalism, but most of the, even the Orthodox practicing ones, this stuff points to God and not the individual. It has nothing to do with that. Have you ever seen, I, I mean, I know most people don't, don't watch Jewish rabbis, or, or, you know, Shiva classes. But if you've ever seen, like, they are the most boring. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't even know how they do it. For hours For and hours, hours and hours and hours. Because, you know, it's not about them. 
It's not about what they can get out of this. And that is where we are stuck. And I see that all the time. And I know, obviously, this is something that pastors all around the country are dealing with. I chose two different pastors from two different places uh, in the country. And, and you know, it's, it's the same. So this is a heart issue. This is a whole church issue. This isn't just one particular thing. This is a whole as a whole. Because you know what? I don't know uh, Pastor Brian from a hole in the wall. I don't know his congregation. But you know what? His congregation in Christ are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I love them. I don't, I've never met them. But it, it, his congregation, that he, so it, it, it's the same. It, it, do you see how this, this, this connects? It's, it's, not, it's not something that we should separate. So it, our understanding needs to be as a whole. Okay, so continuing on to his third expectation here that, that churchgoers have is a church is a place where gifted teachers will explain the Bible and how I can apply it to my life, but it's up to me to align my life with God's truth. Okay, so he goes on. Point three is a tough one, but here you go. So I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed, is the oft-repeated mantra of the self-centered saint. How many times I have heard this phrase brought up by disgruntled church members? Once when someone told me that they were leaving the church because they needed deeper Bible teaching. I thought about the last several series I had done, and so I asked the person, I just finished up a relationship series. Tell me, is your marriage hitting on all six cylinders? On a scale of one to 10, with 10 being perfect, how would your spouse rate you? How about your parenting skills? Any room for growth there? They didn't really respond. I continued. Let me see. The series before that was on money. Let me ask, are you living on a detailed budget? Are you giving 10% of your income back to God? Do you save 10%? Do you have an emergency fund? Do you have three to six months in savings? Is your retirement on track? Are you debt free? They began to break a sweat. <laughs> I thought about the series before that one. I taught for eight weeks on personal evangelism. So just out of curiosity, how many people have you shared your faith with in the last three to six months? Year? I realize witnessing is tough which is why we designed a church with the unchurched in mind. So tell me, how many unchurched people have you invited to your church recently? Can you name at least one person who is far from God that has come to church because of your invitation within the last year? Silence. So let me get this straight. You say you're not being fed and that you need some deeper preaching, but you don't even do the stuff that my shallow preaching addresses. Hmm, I'm not sure it's my preaching that needs changing. Oh my gosh, point three. <laughs> Dude, you, he won. <laughs> he won the article war with that. Like, point, that is so dead on. Again, because we're holding the mirror up before ourselves going, dang it, is this me? And listen, I love every single one 
of my members and, and brothers and sisters in the Lord that are even listening to this. But just out of pure, ex, you know, um, um, just experience of exp having experienced it, this is something that happens. This is probably, I, I think his point three is probably the number one thing that really happens is you realize that people come with all of these issues and have all of these problems and, and they come to these things and you say, okay, I understand. Here's how to fix them. And, and, and you point them to scripture and you point them to, to the Lord and you, you, you point them to, to prayer and you, know, you, you, you show them the way out and they just, but that's too hard, but I can't do that. And then they turn around and go, well, see, I'm just not getting fed. It's just not really what I want. No, that's a cop-out. You know, I've, it's like I want to sit down sometimes on my knees and talk to people, you know, put my hands on my knees and be like, okay, listen, I love you, but we need to talk here. The problem's with you. You know, I, I have, it's like my children, my daughter, she's almost... What is she almost? How old is she now? The Which oldest one? <laughs> the, the oldest. Eleven. She's almost eleven. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say almost twelve. So yes, almost eleven. She knows everything. Yep. You can't tell her anything. Nope. Go and ahead the, and try. <laughs> and you know what? There is something wrong with everything else in the world and everything in the house, but her. And I go. Sweetie, you've sat here and done nothing but complained about everything. You know, at some point we have to realize that the problem is you and not everybody else. That's most likely the case. And that's not being mean. That's not, not being unchristlike. It's not, that's and not it being doesn't, anything else. That's being loving to be like, hey, you now, gotta realize this. I personally teach in a way that is definitely not for everybody. So that doesn't that doesn't necessarily count for for my personal experience all of the time. Because there can be a teacher. There are some great teachers out there, and sure, they have there some is. wonderful things. Is that how I truly learn best, or whatever? No. That doesn't mean that they're not still great, that you can't sure. still use them for certain things, right? But there there can be a truth to that just wasn't my learning style. Right. And that can be a no, huge pop out for a lot of people. Is. But there completely be. is. There's some people that just go, you know what, I, I I understand, I don't want this, but I this teaching style is just not for me. That's okay, but at the same time, uh, you're making it about you. Because you're not going there to get something. You're going there to worship and you're going there to learn. And regardless of how you like to learn, if it's there and it's the information is presented, that's on you to, to accept and to go for that. And it's, that shouldn't be the fault of how the information is presented or given. 
And for most of the, and, and again, in my personal experience, and most of the, that's, that's not, it's just, um, you know, I think there is truth to some people are, are different in their walks and need something that's a little bit lighter. There's definitely heavier churches out there. Um, but at the same time, we shouldn't have this division. And I think the next article kind of takes care of that, um, which for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and do now. He's got a couple more points on this. As I said, we'll link the article and you guys can uh, can access it and see his other points here. But he, he sums it up um, in this being, this is not a place, a church is not a place to meet your needs. Okay, it's it's not about you there is no perfect church because there are no perfect people okay they don't exist to serve the wine the whims of whiners uh, there is no perfect church so it's it, it doesn't exist so these these things have to be uh, remembered and he he does a good job of, of kind of breaking that down in his last point so leave that to you but the second article um this is written by another pastor. This one's out of uh, Texas, and this one, abs. This is great. This is it, it goes along with this, but this one's hop till you drop. Five reasons to avoid church hopping and commit to a local church or a church period, because what happens is we have this, you know, this idea that these these churches aren't meeting my needs, so I'm gonna go try another church i'm going to leave this one and go try another one okay we need to understand that that's not a good idea and he goes on to say that the definition of a church hopper is someone who desires not to settle at any particular local church but would rather hop from church to church to suit their yearnings and or someone who finds themselves at a different church every couple years for reasons beyond relocation, doctrine, and philosophy of ministry. So again, if you have moved from church to church because of location, doctrine, right? Because of those reasons, then we're not, that's not that, what we're talking about. That does not. But everything else, let's right. really stop and look at the core issue here. Yes, because if you're in a church that teaches horrible doctrine and you've warned them and, and they don't stop and you can't get it, then absolutely you leave it um, and relocate to a different church. Um, but we, if you've been relocating churches and it's not because of that, then okay, that's what's talking to you. But if the, the number one thing that I hear is, and we did a podcast on it, what if I don't feel saved? Yeah. Okay. Well, this isn't about how you feel. Okay, there's no, we, we live in a feeling-based society, and this is not about you. But continuing on here, the hoppers. Church hopping is, is not healthy for your growth. Number one, the hop will cause you to lose accountability. He goes on to say, we all need help walking the straight and narrows as we battle the sins that easily entangle us. Yet all too often we think that real accountability comes from our small group of like-minded friends. Indeed, like-minded friends are just that, like-minded. And many times you'll find friends who have the same sin issues as you do. It's very easy for groups of like-minded people to harbor sin disguised as righteous indignation. 
We need to, we need the diversity of the whole body to see what we are blind to and to reveal what we refuse to uncover and admit to. People like to hop because it keeps them from being accountable. Did you, it's, it's amazing. We need the diversity of the whole body to see what we're blind to and to reveal what we refuse to uncover and admit to. You do lose that accountability. He goes on with a second point. The hop will cause you to lose consistency in teaching. And this is the, this is the biggest truth that I tell people all the time. I say, listen, stop church hopping and choose one. Because if you are not, if you're going to two different types of churches here and the, and the, the teaching isn't consistent or it's, a, it's different, this is going to become a problem and it's going to become confusing for you. So it's not up to me. I don't care which, what you choose, just choose one and stay there. Okay, but point two, the hop will cause you to lose that. Context is the ruler of the kingdom of interpretation. Without it, you could find yourself unable to define simple words like point, pet, all, etc. All too often, people lull to sleep during expository sermons. Yet expository sermons is exactly what we need. Christians need to sit under preaching that exposes the meaning of the text. Pastors need to give the immediate context greater context, grammatical context, authorical context, historical context, and whatever context is needed to properly understand and explain a given passage. Yet when you hop, you lose out on that. When a pastor from a church is preaching on marriage, a pastor B from church B is preaching through Joshua. You won't get a clear picture of either, rather bits of information that led to half-understood truths. Same thing, I think, applies for those that watch. Many, there are many great pastors out there and great studies you can get into and all of that. But when, again, you are constantly watching this person's YouTube and this one's and this one's and this one, and you have no solid shepherd in your life, to help you. It's a lot of information to take in. So I find, think we find the same people who, although they may not be church hopping, they are sermons on YouTube hopping. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like they're jumping into all the different categories all over the place and not actually comprehending any of it. Right. So pick one, <laughs> right. you know, and, and get, start getting solid, right? right? And then the more you grow, right? I mean, but the same thing with anything, right? If I'm learning how to cook, I'm not going to start by making a Thanksgiving meal with 15 different dishes. I'm going to ruin it all. I'm going to start with one simple right. thing. And the more I grow and the better I get, then I'll be in there cooking 15 different, you know, side dishes. No big deal. Everything's fine. Right. You've got to get that base first. And you know what's amazing is he, he goes on to have an example here. He says, a, a simple logo cut into four equal pieces is given to four different individuals. They are told to draw their particular piece of the logo independent of each other. When you put the pieces together, you'll end up with a slightly distorted logo. Now let's imagine that the logo was a, com a complicated one, one with many connection points and tons of detail. How much more distorted would the logo be? This is what happens when we try to learn from too many teachers. 
We get pieces of the logo from different people with differing doctrines and differing perspectives with differing emphasis. That will lead to a distorted understanding of Scripture. Christians need a consistent flow of God's Word over the course of years that will enable us to have a solid picture of Scripture. Amen, brother. That is, I mean, that is so true and a great example of the logo. And, and that's what I try to tell people all the time. Pick one. It does not, I mean, people go, oh, I don't know what to believe. I don't, you know, this is, they, this guy says it's, it's a, uh, the rapture is pre-tribulation. This guy says post. This guy says there's no rapture at all. Oh, I'm getting so, it doesn't matter. Uh, you ask them, you know, are they, do they believe that salvation is through faith alone, by Christ alone? Um, you know, do we have the, uh, the, the, the markers that we hit of, of questions that you ask? If you can say yes, then it doesn't, the details at the end of the day don't really matter. I, I, I think that teaching replacement theology, to me personally, I believe that that is an issue that matters. So if somebody is teaching um, the, the replacement theology, I think that's something that you should, you should get away from. But I'm not going to turn this podcast into that. Um, but it, having that example of the logo, perfect. Point number three, the hop will cause you to lose a sense of community. Here is one area that I think many churches have dropped the ball. Pastors should be intentional about giving their people a right understanding of church. When congregations see church as something they go to and not something they are, community relationships take a hit. Instead of being one unified body, we are pieces of the body who just so happen to see each other on Sunday. All the fingers gather over here and all the toes over there. Church hopping adds fuel to its fire. To this fire. There is no community when people are consistently moving in and out. Not only that, but how is the pastor supposed to care for a person who has no commitment whatsoever to their particular church? When most pastors are faced with a time-sensitive choice of ministering to a committed member or a come-and-go attendee, nine times out of ten, the pastor will serve the committed member first. The hopper will usually see that as unfair, but in reality, it is unfair to demand the attention of a pastor whom you have no loyalty to. A community looks out for each other. The body feeds the body so that it has the strength to sustain impact in the greater community. Wow. That's something that you don't hear. You don't hear this from pastors and from teachers. Because and I think you're afraid to say it, right? They are, because in upset. this society, it's all about everybody's favorite, the new heretic cry, is narcissism. It's narcissist. You're a narcissist. This is, you know, the pastors are narcissists. Are, you know, and, and so we're, we're afraid that anything that we say with authority is going to be taken as it's out of our own authority or as if we're better than somebody or something like this. Yeah. But you try to stand on the authority of Scripture and the order that the Lord has ordained in Scripture, good luck. But when he says right here, and this is the biggest thing that I have seen and into people that this has happened to me for, what do you expect? I have person A over here 
who is in tears, who I am speaking with consistently, who is just growing and so much is happening in their lives. You know why? Because I'm talking to them consistently. They're learning and they're listening. But when you come along every once in a while because your, your life has ended and you have to wait a few minutes, well, then all of a sudden it's not fair and it's the ministry and the church's problem. That's, that's such a cop-out. It's a heart problem. He goes on to point in that, that obviously that, all that emphasis was mine. He goes on in point four to, to hit on here. The hop will cause the church to lose out on committed service. When a person has no commitment to a local church, they rob their church of their particular gift. Every Christian has a gift from the Lord. However, when you hop from church to church, no one is able to benefit from the gift that God has given you to serve the body with. Christ has said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So not only do you rob the church, but you also rob yourself of God's blessing. Continuing on to point five, the hop is a reflection of the heart. Probably the most important point on here. Let's get at it. What is it that ultimately causes a church hopper to hop? A lack of loyalty to a local church is a clear sign of a selfish heart. People want what they want, and they want it in the way that they want it. So they will sacrifice God's plan for Christian growth in order to appease their church-going desires. Ouch. And again, this has been all of us at some at point some in time, point, I am most has. willing to bet. Absolutely. And so this isn't being mean to anyone, but it's saying, hey, stop and weigh yourself. Is that no, you? No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's truth. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, again, it's because I care for these people and I see people in and out all the time. And it's, I, I love them to death and I want to see them and their life at peace. But at some point, this peace has to come from what you've already been given. Not something that you're going to try to find and get. So continuing on, let's not, let's not let sin cause to avoid the gathering of the body on Sunday mornings and during the week. Christ abolished the power of sin on the cross for all who believe. Let's act on that Holy Spirit-empowered privilege and fight the urge to be selfish. Let's be mindful of the corporate nature of church and look to serve others and not only serve ourselves. Not only this, but a major reason many pastors leave the pastorate is because of the lackadaisical, critical, and non-committal attitudes of people in the church. Hoppers are usually unaware of the impact they have on the heart and mind of pastors they so readily bail on. Here are some of the bad reasons people give as to why they church hop. Number one, I like to see how different churches worship. Attending services at a different church is a good thing. Do it. You may bring some good feedback to your church staff. However, if it causes you to rob your local church of service, blessing, accountability, etc., don't do it. In today's day and age, a Christian can fully commit to a local church and still have the freedom to see how other churches do their thing. Go to an alternate service, but don't rob your church in the process. 
Number two, I want a church that has more people my age. All too often, young people underestimate the, ble the blessing of seasoned wisdom. There are certain things in this world that only a seasoned Christian can speak to. The book of 1 John speaks loosely to this. Young people are ignorant of much, yet think they have a monopoly on biblical understanding. I've seen firsthand a group of young people miss the mark when it came to a serious issue in their midst. Yet it took a seasoned believer to set up the yet it took a seasoned believer to set the whole group straight. If you want to be around people your age, start a small group, but don't avoid the gray hair altogether. You could be missing out on blessing in the form of discipleship. Number three, I don't like the music. This is not a reason to hop. Is the music Christ exulting? Are their lyrics doctrinally sound? Does the atmosphere allow you to sing to one another? If the answer is yes to these questions, you're likely just being selfish. It's understandable not to, um, you know, say to church that, that has undoctrinally sound lyrics if you leave absolutely. Okay, but going, uh, just continuing on in his article here, uh, I, I'm going to skip to his last point. It's point five. Again, both of these will be, um, be available on on the link below or in YouTube and on wherever this is. But point five is there's nothing for my teen. This hurts my heart. Why is it that we need to cater to every age and identity group in the church? I'm going to ask that question again. Why is it that we need to cater to every age and identity group in the church? Why do we need a ministry for every walk of life in order for people to feel comfortable? This is one of the reasons for the church being a bunch of individualized body parts spread abroad. We need more youth pastors who understand the value of true cor corporate worship. We need children's directors who desire to prepare kids for true corporate worship. Teens are able to sit in classes for 45 minutes and learn. Why does the church feel the need to entertain them so? I think more churches should mix the berries more often. Let the younger serve and fellowship with the older informally. Then they will more likely come to appreciate worshiping alongside each other. This also fosters a sense of usefulness to the older generation. They may not be what they used to be, but they can help guide young people in a solid biblical direction. In like manner, young people can be open the sometimes stubborn eyes of older generation by being godly examples and good disciples. And that is brilliant and so true because we see that in our world today. We see a group of older people who are hard and and don't want to listen to anything and we see this group of younger people who are absolute savage and i i mean i just i that's i guess the best word for them i mean it's it's insane the way that um that kids are nowadays and i mean i i sound i old when i say that but i mean it's so much different from even when you and i grew up 
Absolutely it is, and we are. We are so quick to, well, what program is there for the teens? What program is there for their kids? What program is there for the women? What program is there for the men, right? And it's like, why why are why? we so quick? Why do we think we have to have We're all this biblically, splitting And apart? this is one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems, one of the biggest things that I said a long time ago, and everybody wants to argue about this, but he is right when he says that this is where this division comes from, and this yeah. is how we end up individualized body parts spread abroad. Yeah. And that's not what the church is for. We are screwing up the whole idea of church. If you could see me right now, yes, I am getting worked up. (laughs) Because that is not the point. It is not the point. I I mean, it's, you know, I I guess we'll just let the the articles do the talking on on the issue. Um, But commentating more on this it's a it's a heart issue and it's it's the the problem is most likely with you it's been me in the past it's been you in the past Heidi it's been as you said every single one of us yep I do it I still I'm, I'm not above doing it there's times where I'm just like you know I'm I cannot stand this guy but I'm like, it's like wait but a he's teaching, but why? What's the issue? That's just because I have a personal issue with it. But there's nothing wrong with what he's teaching. Yeah, the problem is me. Problem and if I would shut me. up long enough, if maybe I'd, I'd learn exactly. something. Exactly. If I shut up and listened, I would I would learn something. Yep. Um, but you, you have know, to catch yourself and say that to yourself and go, hey, shut up, pay attention, learn something. Now, remember, this is solid biblical doctrine. This is somebody who's teaching... Straight out of scripture. That but has you know what? But goes with that doctrine. is the problem is, is I feel like most people struggle to be able to look at something and know if it is solid or not. And again, that's what takes us back to the beginning of that's why you need a shepherd in your life. That's why just like if you were going to become a doctor or a lawyer or anything else, you would have those teachers and those people in your life that would help you navigate the waters, right? This isn't because you need a man's opinion and a man's whatever. It's because it's a lot of stuff to learn and to go through. And these are difficult times. So if you have a shepherd, you have a pastor teacher that you can go to and can help you and truly build that foundation, then you too will have the ability to be like, eh, not doctrinally sound. Yep, theology matters. Not touching that. You know what I mean? And actually, this is, I'm pretty sure that this article was transcribed from a sermon that he preached. Um, So this is, if this was, I mean, this is a a brilliant sermon. Um, Again, uh, we'll, uh, we'll link this below. And I know that I will be definitely doing more, um, more podcasts on this topic in this direction because this is a huge problem this is something that um uh, the lord has definitely put on my heart very heavy that's why this podcast is is longer than i intended it to be um but it, it's it's a conversation that needs to to be had and needs to continue to be had because we need to hold each other accountable we need to realize if we are doing these things we need to stop and reflect and realize if we are doing these things and adjust accordingly because um you know i mean that's that that's just that's just serving our our king as we should so until next time guys thank you for listening